three, two, one. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Anyone Can Run podcast. The podcast for those brand new to running who want to make sure they begin their journey on the road to Gainesville on the right foot. I am your host, True Bros, a.k.a. Gabe, a.k.a. the soon-to-be face of Mixer, and I am an NCCA-certified personal trainer who specializes in playing games, making gains, and helping clients reach their health and fitness goals. This is the podcast where we cover nutrition, training, running gear, everything you need to know about what it takes to complete your first race, whether it's a 5K, full marathon, or anything in between. Before we get to the goods, let me just say, if you enjoy the weekly episodes of Anyone Can Run, be sure to smash and pound and suplex that subscribe button. Additionally, if you have a friend who wants to get on the road to Gainesville, but doesn't quite know where to start, shoot him our first episode and let's get to work. I appreciate those of you who listen, and if you enjoy the content, please take 30 seconds to leave a quick rating and review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. It helps us on our path towards absolutely dominating the podcast charts because you should always only have one goal to be the best. Like those motivational posters say, shoot for the moon because even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. Anyways, I sincerely appreciate it. Throughout the course of our discussions here on Anyone Can Run, we've talked about how important it is to figure out why you run. In my estimation, finding real intrinsic motivation is critical to establishing self-discipline and will help drive you to get out and pound the pavement even when you don't feel like it. We've also discussed, while anyone can run a half or a full marathon, time and effort is of the utmost importance. Even if you've completed marathons in the past, your body gets accustomed to running at a certain pace for a particular distance and in a specific climate. I bring up all this because today we're going to recap the final Rock and Roll Dallas Half Marathon in March of 2018, which took place the day after my 30th birthday. This race was the culmination of quote-unquote solid training, not taking weather into account, and me going full pedal to the metal on why I run. During our Anyone Can Run a Marathon episode, I detailed my personal relationship with running. And y'all know, I'm not about recapping entire episodes, so if you want to hear the entire story, pop back in the archives and give that episode a listen. Essentially, I went through a bit of an existential crisis and began to question what I've accomplished in my life to that point. Knowing going through something like that has the potential to go real south real fast, I opted to sign up for my first marathon in January of 2016 and decided to get on the road to Gainesville. As a proud Texan, when I saw the Dallas Rock and Roll Half Marathon was literally taking place the day after my 30th birthday, I figured there was no better way to celebrate a milestone birthday than to attempt to break my half marathon PR in my home state. I also really wanted to do this race on my own, as I've always preferred running and working out solo, much to the chagrin of my lovely wife. This was one of those things I felt like I had to knock out on my own, you know? So a month before my birthday, I signed up and the wife and I began to plan a landmark birthday weekend for yours truly centered around a race. As I had about a month between signing up and race day, I stuck to my usual cadence of running three to four days a week, with Tuesday and Thursday runs lasting between 30 and 35 minutes and weekend runs consisting of a set mileage. I knocked out a four mile, six mile, and eight mile run in the weekends leading up to the race. And considering I completed multiple half and full marathons leading up to this point, I wasn't overly concerned about not eclipsing the 10 mile marker during training. This was the race where I was absolutely prepared. While the wife and I made reservations and vacation plans for the weekend, as this was going to be a celebration of my milestone birthday, I was focusing on training and resting and recovering. 
I knew I could complete this mileage, considering I'd done it multiple times before in the past, but I also learned from the litany of mistakes I'd made throughout the course of various race training cycles. As a result, I took my time, stuck to my long runs at a comfortable pace, which would help me attain my goal of finishing 13.1 miles in under 2 hours, did my yoga, and did not overtrain. I've ran two full marathons and six half marathons to date, and I can confidently proclaim this was the race where I felt most physically prepared. I felt strong, confident, and we ended up packing our bags a couple nights before the race because I always pack early. I packed my usual race day outfit of running shoes, compression socks, and my running belt with my trusty Jelly Belly Sports Beans. This trip was meant to be a birthday celebration for sure, but I simply saw it as the culmination of what I've been working towards for the past two years. Like we've discussed, I began running in 2016 because I realized I was coming up on the big 3-0 and wanted to feel like I'd physically accomplished something, as well as wanting to begin my journey towards living a healthier and fit lifestyle. Here I found myself, just over two years after completing my first marathon and I'd completed multiple races, became a certified personal trainer, and I was dead set on crushing my goal. I'd entered every race up to this point with the goal of finishing in the upright position, and unfortunately, most of the times I lined up at the start line, something was bothering me. My ankles would hurt, my calves would be on the cusp of cramping up, but as I drove late at night bumping panic at the discos of fever you can't sweat out, followed by Death of a Bachelor, as this is my favorite band and their first album was something the wife and I bonded over years ago so it seemed like a nice poetic full circle type thing, I knew I was physically in the best shape of my life, and this was the first race I was entering where I had a time goal in mind. As we've reiterated throughout the course of our discussions here on Anyone Can Run, the goal of any new marathoner or anyone tackling the first race should be the cross the finish line in the upright position, nothing more. You want to set yourself up for success, and undertaking distance running for the first time isn't a particularly difficult endeavor, however, it's one that requires time and effort. When you're first crossing the threshold of 5 or 8 or 10 miles, it's mentally and physically daunting to consider even just completing the distance. Adding in the caveat of finishing under a specific time can be overwhelming for a new runner, and in my personal and professional opinion, we should always set ourselves up for success. It took me completing five races before I even considered setting a time goal for myself, although I attribute this to the fact I was running numerous races with my wife and had lined up at the start line multiple times feeling less than 100% like we just mentioned. Still, this was the race where I was committed to securing a half marathon PR of under 2 hours. For the record, my PR at the time was just over 2 hours and 20 minutes, and even though I only had a month to prepare, I can tell you, for that month I was dialed in and focused on getting the job done. I was lean, mean, and feeling real dang good when we ventured over to the expo. As you'll recall when I went through the packing list, if you were paying attention, I didn't pack my Bluetooth headphones. I seldom run with them and pretty much only bust them out if I know I'm going to be doing an extended run on a treadmill. However, as my wife and I were perusing the wares at the expo, I saw a pair of headphones I briefly considered purchasing until I saw the exorbitant price tag. I bring this up because I had never considered running this race, the one where I was supposed to reach my goals and smash my half-marathon PR with headphones. However, as can happen from time to time, if we tend to over or underthink things, I began to get in my own head and I wish I had packed my headphones. So lesson, if you think you might need something on race day, pack it so you have the option. Bear in mind, we attended the expo on my actual birthday, and I was feeling physically amazing, so I had no real reason to get in my head, but you know how it is. Sometimes you just overthink things for no reason. 
Regardless, we did some walking and went to a couple museums, but we wanted to keep the daylight and turn in early. And believe me, not imbibing copious amounts of alcohol on my actual birthday felt pretty odd. But considering I had a race the next day and my wife made us reservations at a super fancy Wolfgang Puck restaurant at Reunion Tower for after the race, it didn't matter at all little bit of a sidebar about me. I am absolutely the kind of person who would rather have tacos or pizza or burgers than dine at a fancy restaurant. And whenever traveling, I never want to drive. So the night of my 30th birthday, we downloaded the Favor app, ordered a whole bunch of tacos right to our hotel lobby, then proceeded to watch Frozen in our room while turning in early. Also for the record, after the race, we went to Hash House A Gogo in Plano, which is sadly no longer open because it's my favorite restaurant and it has the best brunch in the world. So needless to say, we canceled that fancy dining reservation and your boy got tons of chicken and waffles and mimosas for dinner. I know I'm a certifiable party animal. The morning of the race, I did my usual routine. I woke up a couple hours before lining up at the start line. I had a bagel with peanut butter and honey, tons of coffee, showered, rolled out, slathered on tons of body glide, and then listened to some music very quietly because I didn't want to wake up my darling and got in the zone. I'm not sure we've discussed this in previous episodes, but provided I wake up with enough time, typically around two hours before heading out to the start line, I love to shower before a race. I chalk this up to be nothing more than something that helps me mentally. However, in our past conversations, we've discussed the importance and fragility of a mindset. I've known a number of tremendous physical specimens who always stick to a certain routine prior to a game or a specific athletic endeavor. And I believe my preference to shower both before and after a race, although that one's pretty obvious why we're doing that, simply helps me get in the right frame of mind. I don't believe it benefits my physical performance in any way. If you couldn't guess by now, I'd argue running a marathon is much more difficult mentally than it is physically, as with adequate training, you can get your body prepared to complete 26.2 miles. However, if you start to get tired or worn out and your mind starts to wander, I'd reckon the possibility of you completing your goal of crossing the finish line in the upright position goes down substantially. As a result, doing any little thing, even if it's little more than a placebo, and we aren't sure if it's really making a physical difference, anything that helps our mental state is beneficial. At the end of the day, completing a marathon, just like many other things, is a pretty substantial mental task. And if we can help fortify our mental state, then it's a valid and useful thing to do that makes a real difference. We've got to set ourselves up for success, both mentally and physically. Anyways, after going through the routine and getting dialed in, it was time to proceed to the start line, which fortunately was only a block or so from our hotel. I've always relished the trek to the start line because I think it's the ideal time to get mentally dialed in. I ended up not finding any headphones I wanted to purchase at a reasonable price, keyword there, reasonable, so even though I didn't have any, I wasn't worried about it. I'd trained literally for years to get to this point. I was in the best physical shape I'd ever been in, and I knew I was going to trim 20 minutes, if not more, off my half marathon PR and come in under the two hour mark. However, I'm going to tell you right now, after about the first mile, I realized this race was unlike any other I'd ever tackled from a weather perspective. My previous races had taken place in Florida, Anaheim, and Las Vegas. While each race had been fairly warm and the ones in Florida had been particularly humid, I was currently running in substantial humidity in March in Texas, which means it's pretty dang hot. 
After the first mile, I was sweating pretty significantly. However, I'd been running in the heat for years by this point, so I wasn't particularly concerned. I adjusted my water intake to combat the effects of running in substantial heat. I kept my pace slow, didn't push it, and kept monitoring my water and carbs to ensure I was feeling real dang good and on track to finish under the goal I'd set. This was also the first race where I planned to run continuously, as during all previous races, I'd used a variation of the run-walk method. Halfway through the race, I was on fire. Not physically, BT-dubs, but my pace. I was on track to finish the race around the 140 or 145 mark, was able to have my water and carbs at my usual intervals, and didn't feel gassed at all. But I was absolutely sweating bullets. As we discussed on our running gear episode, I am extremely particular about my running clothes, especially the top. I want all my tops to be as light as possible, and when most tank tops get drenched in sweat, they get heavy and gross and I feel disgusting. Such was the case during this race. However, I didn't want to stop running as I was feeling so confident, but my shirt was feeling particularly heavy in the chest region, primarily around a, shall we say, sensitive area known as the nips. Once I hit around the 9 mile mark or so, I decided to take a short walk break to regroup and when I did so, I found myself in a very uncomfortable situation. You might think, you're running a half marathon, that's difficult and it's incredibly hot, of course you're going to be uncomfortable. And yeah, 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 that's partially true, but I don't like your attitude, right? Get out of my face. However, there's a significant difference between being physically tired, worn out, in pain, hurting, so on and so forth, and being physically uncomfortable. Comfort is of the utmost importance while running. It's why we invest so significantly in clothing and shoes which are tailor-made for us. The last thing you want to be while running is uncomfortable, because couple your legs getting tight or your foot throbbing with your shirt feeling too heavy, your shoes being too stiff, or your shorts or tights riding up on you, and that's a recipe for not getting the job done and securing that race bling. Anyways, right around the 9 mile mark, when I finally stopped running, I was feeling real uncomfortable around the nips region. And we're going to get real graphic for about 10 seconds, so cover your ears if you are averse to that sort of thing, or turn the volume down if you've little ones around. To put it succinctly, my nips were throbbing and bleeding and feeling all types of terrible. And I didn't realize this until I finally stopped running and had a second to think about how I was physically feeling. Once I did this, all the mental preparation I'd done to push when I was feeling strong, to monitor my carbs and water and pace, to do everything I needed to come in well under my personal goal of two hours, was out the window. My mental focus was absolutely gone, and I started to lose track of pace and carbs and all that. I literally felt like I was doing my first distance run ever, and that's a feeling I'll never forget. And my mind was racing. My legs were bothering me. I should have removed my shirt, but didn't because it had my bib on it. And for the record, for every subsequent race since this one, I safety pinned my race bib to my shorts, and I was thinking I wanted to listen to music to help restore my focus. However, this was an exercise in futility. I remember really wishing I had picked up those super expensive headphones, as blasting Kendrick Lamar from my phone speaker caused a few heads to turn, but no matter what I did, holding my shirt away from my chest so it wouldn't rub against me, having water, or listening to music to keep myself motivated, I could not get back dialed in. Needless to say, this was the first and hopefully only race I'll ever run where my mentality just broke. That being said, I wasn't going to quit, right? I know I'd been here before. I knew I could get the job done, and nothing was going to keep me from crossing the finish line. For those who aren't aware, a half marathon is 13.1 miles. 
This means I was right around four miles away from reaching my goal, but my focus and confidence was completely shot. I was a certified scatterbrain Jane, and no matter what I did, I was not only in physical pain, but I could not get motivated to push through despite my best efforts. On top of all that, when I had approximately 0.7 miles until I reached the finish line, I got one of the worst cramps of my life in my right calf. We're talking toes curling, and no matter what you do, you can't straighten them out. And I almost collapsed and hit the ground. I remember stumbling, and I almost knocked somebody over, so I apologize to you, random runner. I'm going to paraphrase a quote here to eliminate any profanity, but in the movie My Cousin Vinny, there's a scene where Joe Pesci says, is there any more fecal matter we can pile on? And that's exactly how I felt when I nearly collapsed from getting what I deem the second most painful cramp in my life. For the record, the first one was when I was at mile 17 in my first training run prior to my first marathon. I keep a list of the most painful cramps I've ever endured, as most runners do, I'm sure. Even with the previously mentioned pain I was in, where I lost focus and couldn't keep anything straight, I was still on pace to come in under my personal goal of two hours, until I had that massive cramp. It took me a solid 25 minutes or so to complete that last half mile, and I ended up crossing the finish line of the final Rock and Roll Dallas Half Marathon in 2018, the day after my 30th birthday, with a time of two hours, 10 minutes and 39 seconds, which was just over 9 minutes faster than my previous half marathon PR of 2 hours, 20 minutes and 55 seconds. This race was a very interesting experience for me for a number of reasons. One, this was the first race where I set an actual time goal and guess what? I did not reach it. Two, it was supposed to serve as the culmination of all the work I've put in to help me come to grips with aging or my own mortality or whatever, and I ended up limping across the finish line in easily the most painful race experience I've ever had. Three, the weather absolutely dominated me with the combination of Texas heat and humidity, literally rendering the copious amounts of body glide I'd slathered on prior to lining up at the starting line useless, which conversely led to excruciating discomfort and chafing on a whole other level. Truth be told, I still haven't updated my half marathon PR on the board where all my race medals are hung. I told myself I wouldn't update it until I finish a half in under two hours. It's very easy for me or anyone else who goes through a race experience similar to this to get negative and emphasize how literally everything went wrong during this milestone half marathon of mine. However, we've already discussed how the circumstances of the 2016 Rock and Roll Las Vegas half marathon, which was supposed to be a full but wasn't due to poor signage, if you're interested in that full story, pop back in the archives and give that whole episode a listen, left a sour taste in my mouth. As a result, I've always looked back on that particular race, I'm referring to the Vegas one, as a wrong which needed to be made right, and absolutely will be when the wife and I head out to Sin City this year, a couple weeks after our one-year wedding anniversary, to knock out the full marathon. I know it sounds a little contradictory, considering what I just told you about not updating my half-marathon PR, but I'm not a fan of looking back on things negatively, especially something as fun as running a race, and I'd like to discuss the reasoning behind this. This is going to be a small tangent unrelated to running, but illustrates why all the content I create on Mixer and here and YouTube and over at Troopers.com is framed how it is. So when I was younger, people like Mr. Rogers were on television, and there were edutainment shows such as The Magic School Bush and Wishbone and all that readily available for those with a television handy, all very informative, positive, and all entertaining. However, Kids these days, and I know that's like the most old person sounding thing I've ever said, have the internet meaning they've got anything and everything at their disposal, which can serve as a bit of a double-edged sword. 
when I switched over from Twitch to Mixer, or I'd hazard a guess the demographics skew younger due to Mixer being installed on every Xbox One, I got to thinking, younglings or younger gamers or little ones or whatever you want to call them, they're growing up in an age where people on Twitch and YouTube and Mixer and all that are doing cringe-worthy actions just for the views or for attention, and that's something I can't stand. When I live stream, I'm very much me. Aggressive, motivational, and constantly cocky, as that's a bit of a wrestling-inspired persona I've created that I enjoy doing when I'm live-streaming. However, there's no profanity, and the conversations are never inappropriate for children, because I want to illustrate to them like, hey, you can have fun and be a normal person and not have to sell your soul for the views or whatever, right? There's no E in true bros because I'm not extra. I think it's important to always be your authentic self. One of the sticking points I emphasize when conversing with gamers who swing by the mixed gym at mixture.com slash true bros is we never have negative conversations and we don't allow any negativity in the chat. This is because just like we do here every Monday on Anyone Can Run, I reiterate, while we don't necessarily have control over how we feel in the heat of the moment, we do have the ability to dictate how we perceive actions or moments to some extent, and certainly we can control how we think about things when reflecting upon them. As this pertains to the weekday streams I do on Mixer from 10am to 6pm Central Time, just for the record, this means I can help facilitate a safe place for gamers of all ages to come and hang out, hopefully be entertained, and have some fun. When it comes to running or personal training, this means choosing to reflect upon what I ultimately deem to be a failure on all fronts as a positive learning experience, and one where hopefully I learn and I don't make similar mistakes down the road. For example, throughout the course of training for this half marathon, I never exceeded 8 miles, and I'd reckon there's a fair chance due to the combination of my speed, the weather, and most importantly the distance I was running on race day, my body wasn't accustomed to running a full 13.1 miles, and that's most likely the reason I cramped up towards the end. I know it seems like a big tangent here, and I'm just trying to get you to go suplex and smash the follow button at mixer.com slash truebros, and while that's absolutely something you should go do, I relay this to emphasize the importance of setting ourselves up for success from a mental standpoint. You don't want to surround yourself with negativity. If you set a concrete goal for yourself that you think is 100% attainable and realistic, and if you don't reach it, it's natural to feel disappointed or dejected or whatever. I remember crossing that finish line and being really frustrated because I knew I didn't come in under my time goal. I'm not saying to avoid negativity, especially as it comes to our health and fitness goals, because that's not realistic. And there will be some days where you don't feel like pounding the pavement, and there's a possibility you may come up short, just like I did on this race day. However, by choosing to view these shortcomings or challenges as learning experiences, we can pivot into another mode where we begin to address the reasoning behind why we didn't meet our goal. Was the goal too ambitious? Did we not perform at top shape due to a poor training regimen? Did we properly account for the weather, such as adjusting our nutrition or whether were we even wearing appropriate clothing? These are the questions we can begin exploring, and the solution-oriented mindset can help minimize the negative sentiments we endure. We've spent quite a bit of time over the course of Anyone Can Run, emphasizing the need to set ourselves up for success from a mental standpoint. There's too much negativity in the world. We don't need to add to it by viewing the things we devote our time and effort to in a poor light. If you develop a contentious or adversarial relationship with running or with whatever, I'm going to go out on a limb and assume you're going to be less likely to do whatever it is. We can't go down the rabbit hole of negativity as it relates to running or anything else. 
That's why we spend so much time as healthy and fit people cultivating a positive and solution-oriented mindset. It's why I don't follow or listen to people on social media who are negative. I don't allow my clients to get down on themselves, even if it's in a self-deprecating manner. And that's why whenever I'm creating content geared at a younger audience on Mixer, as cliche as it sounds, I'm attempting to illustrate the power of positivity while hopefully providing some entertainment. Physically and statistically, the 2018 Rock and Roll Dallas Half Marathon was the worst race I've ever ran. However, it was one of the greatest lessons I've ever learned as it regards to running. The medal is absolutely gorgeous. I look back on the race and the weekend very fondly, and hopefully I won't make the same mistakes as they relate to training and whether I did here as a result. The road to Gainesville is paved with good intentions, and even if things don't always go the way you intend, as long as you don't forget that living a healthy and fit lifestyle is a continuous process and all journeys have their ups and downs, you'll be able to protect your marathon mindset and get out there and work towards your goals. I appreciate you spending some time with me today, and I hope you're seeing what I see, that truly anyone can run. We drop a new episode of the Anyone Can Run podcast every Monday in case you're in need of that Monday motivation. If you've ever got questions or ideas for a topic you'd like covered in a future episode, feel free to hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at Anyone Can Run Pod. We also currently open the Mix Gym, located at Mixer.com slash True Bros again with no E, weekdays from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Central Time, so be sure to follow and turn on notifications if you ever want to talk running or anything else with me in real time, or show a little support, because I can't become the face of Mixer without 20 million bajillion followers, so come on, help me out. Like we mentioned at the start of this episode, if you enjoy Anyone Can Run, notify a fellow runner or someone who wants to kick off their journey on the road to Gainesville so we can all help one another reach our goal of living a healthy and fit lifestyle. It also helps when you leave a quick rating and review in your podcast app of choice to help us reach our goal of dominating the charts. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Anyone Can Run podcast, and if you did, don't forget to pound that subscribe button. If you did enjoy it well, you get what you pay for. And regardless, I look forward to seeing you on the road to Gainesville.